Hi, this is Parikh Sam with this uh, week's episode of Living and Working Abroad. Um, we are moving through the summer and looking at coming towards the new cliff edge that is, is Brexit. And we want to ask in this week's podcast, what is the role of the EU? Uh, so the EU is a, a cross-border uh, organisation, started off as a trade block to give standard treatment to people, business, regulations across the continent. Uh, but now it's evolved uh, with various treaties of, of Lisbon and Maastricht uh, to become a, a greater thing. But it's still not a sovereign country. It may have a parliament, it may have uh, a, 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 its own national anthem and its own flag, but it's not a sovereign country in itself. So while there are common standards uh, that are applied and, and trade uh, deals with EU countries are done through the EU. Um, there's still bilateral arrangements and international standards that can be used by expats living and working abroad um, for their family and business to take care of themselves in the long term. Uh, there are lots of different international trade organisations, such as the, the World Trade Organisation uh, for doing business, the top three economies in the world, Japan, China and USA, trade around the world on that basis, not on uh, the common EU set of rules. There's international travel agreements uh, for air traffic and for maritime. There's common reporting standards, tax treaties, import tariff uh, rules under the World Trade Organization. Uh, there's uh, common rules on world health, uh, human rights, the Hague Convention, um, for telecommunications and internet um, heritage uh, treatment, uh, even for outer space. So there's many international treaties that are outside the EU and the EU has to abide by those. Uh, the Soviet Union was a commonwealth of countries. The British Empire was a commonwealth of countries. It was independent countries controlled from the centre. Um, and is, is the EU a commonwealth? It's not quite, but it's not uh, a cohesive country like China, despite that um, taking on lots of other mini countries uh, that might have existed before. And it's, it's not a, a federated state in the same way that we've got the USA, which although it's the individual states, they all are bound into a federated state. Uh, so we, uh, the EU is a trade bloc, um, with some political clout um, but for example the MEPs in the Parliament don't have any a real legislative power they have a, an approval power uh, and a nodding things through power and a limited amount of vetting power but all the decisions are made by the uh, European Council uh, or the Commission uh, as the executive um, so what uh, the top economies do, they trade through the World Trade Organization. UK and Germany are the uh, fourth and fifth largest economies in the world. They, they are within the EU. So um, the, the UK doesn't need the EU to keep trading around the world. It can do that very well on its own. Thank you very much. Uh, but it could do. It could do. And this is the issue that we've got uh, with Brexit about what, it, what is the point of it and uh, because of the peculiar EU rules 
for example with trade everyone's getting hung up on this because the EU rules say that uh, a country can leave like Greenland has done in the past um, but it can't organize any new trade treaties until after it's left and this is the nub of the problem Theresa May had gone into her withdrawal treaty uh, expecting it to be nodded through so that they could get on with organizing the trade uh, treaty from the 31st of this March 2008 during a transition period and the new trade agreement being placed by the end of 18 months later by the end of 2020 very logical given that everybody's starting from the same place and the EU is, uh, and and the UK are both saying that they want a new trade agreement but what's come to be known as the backstop has got in the way it's an open-ended liability for the EU to keep the UK wrapped up in its block for an unspecified period uh, it's taken the EU 20 years to negotiate uh, agreements with Canada, Japan, Korea, South America um, it, 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 so people in the UK fear that they could be brought into this ongoing negotiation row and we can see some of the issues that could arise with the ongoing difficulties with the Switzerland UK uh, sorry, Switzerland EU negotiations Switzerland have got lots of little bilateral treaties and agreements with the EU not one big trade agreement not one big withdrawal treaty not one uh, but many little ones the EU want to try and negotiate that into one agreement but it's taken them 20 years not to do that and it's in a very very difficult position at the moment and the EU threatening to uh, play hardball with Switzerland if they don't move towards what a common new agreement with the EU but of course this is exactly what the EU could do with the UK they could make a series of mini agreements on EU citizen rights fishing rights travel rights customs and tariffs they could do that or they could put them into all-in-one trade and this is the nub of the agreement at the moment this all-or-nothing approach uh, which comes down to this constitutional issue that uh, the EU is not allowed as a bureaucracy to start negotiating a new trade deal until the UK is outside that so uh, it, it makes for a very very difficult situation um, a proact here what we look at is to uh, consider how expats can take control and look after their interests and their future and uh, in our latest guide uh, reciprocal EU uh, residency rights uh, we look at the process of naturalization and see how on a, a global basis naturalization allows expats in Asia the Middle East Africa America as well as Europe to register live and work abroad become permanent citizens um, permanent residents before they become uh, permanent citizens or dual citizen basis so th th these exist around the world but also within the EU and the UK has requested uh, a reciprocal agreement between the UK and the EU which has been agreed and the EU have put this in place so whatever, no matter what politics is going on uh, this has been agreed and individual countries are reciprocating within the EU are reciprocating to the EU to the UK with guaranteed EU citizen rights at equivalent level after Brexit uh, in our new guide 
reciprocal uh, EU uh, residency rights for expats, there's four things for you to take away. Uh, so if you download a copy of our guide from productpartnership.com, you can find out how politicians can reciprocate and make agreements on a balanced basis. Um, you t we find out about what uh, reciprocal behaviour in human behaviour looks like and it's called give and take, it's very, something very simple and we look at uh, how expats can protect themselves uh, regarding their residency with or without a, a Brexit deal, uh, understand in detail how naturalisation works and, and what the options are for dual citizenship and how they could be used by expats to secure EU citizen rights in the UK or in uh, the EU uh, for UK and EU expats uh, before and after Brexit around the world with or without a deal. Uh, so go along to our website at productpartnership.com and, and find that and follow us on our YouTube page uh, as well as uh, our Apple, uh, Apple store you can download a copy of the guide and follow us um, on our website at productpartnership.com and living and working abroad at Facebook page and group. Ask us a question and maybe we can feature your question and your concerns to our next meeting. But we always try and get back to you straight away. Thanks for listening and uh, listen to us next time at the Living and Working Abroad podcast. Thanks very much for listening. So Prorok Sam uh, saying cheerio for now.